Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. And this time, I'm doing the talking. <laughs> and also, you're listening to Grow on the Go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are new, aren't you? Uh, uh, <laughs> I just got all excited. So, generally, when we do these podcasts, um, mom kind of comes up with the topic and, like, does the research and puts it all together, and I just... Show up. I show up sometimes. Not even every time. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, I don't lately. have a voice. Yeah, I I show up and um <clears throat> and make fun of her, and that's usually <laughs> the podcast. Um, try to say something insightful every fifteen minutes or so. Um, does this mean I get to make fun of you today? You are so welcome to try, okay. but recognize that you will be counter roasted. Okay, so I'm, I'm outgunned, is what you're saying. Um, I love you very much. You are absolutely outgunned. Okay, good to know. <laughs> I think my snark gene is just a little stronger than your snark gene. Um, so I was, um, I was on Facebook a while ago, and. Um, and and I saw a meme that was a text post that was basically like, and of course, I don't remember if it was Elijah or Elisha. Um, Elijah. Elijah, thank Pretty you. Pretty sure. Like, it said something about how Elijah wa- went into the woods and was literally begging God to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and God just sent him snacks and had him go to sleep and he woke up feeling Take a nap. so much better and like never underestimate the power of a snack and a nap and I was like that's actually an excellent point like it was supposed to be funny mm-hmm. but I was like there's so much to be said for self care and like the spiritual power of looking after ourselves and so I texted mom being like I idea for a podcast which doesn't happen very often um and so i wanted to talk a little bit about self-care today and Mm -hmm. like and what that means and of course this is a share show i think the topic of self-care is relevant to everybody burnout is at an all-time high especially among millennials Mm. um because i mean i could go very deep into that but you know we may never retire um and so i think recognizing what we need to do to take care of ourselves is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what does self-care look like for you? Yeah, so I know that I need a decent amount of time alone. Mm-hmm. I, I'm quite close to the center between extrovert and introvert, but I am more of an introvert. That's certainly how I recharge and how yeah. I process. Yeah, and extroversion versus introversion this is a pet peeve of mine. Um, it doesn't mean you're shy or outgoing. Mm-hmm. It means you either need time with people to recharge or you need time alone to recharge. Right. And as an introvert, you need time I need by time yourself. alone. Yeah. And I, uh, so I love, I also am very fed by nature. Mm-hmm. And so walking outside, we have, um, we live in a uh, neighborhood called Riverbend. Yeah. Um, which. Please don't show up at mom's house. <laughs> which is. 
near the Bow River, and there's tons of parkland and pathways, uh, beautiful places to walk around here that mm-hmm. um, are that really do feed my soul. Mm. So that's part of what I need. I also um, I like I love an uh, evening by a, the fire with a book. And my dog and a blankie. (laughs) Those are the kinds of things that help feed my spirit. And then, of course, painting. Yeah. Um, Painting is amazing for me because it gets me out of my left brain. Hmm. And where you, like you literally, when you're creating, you don't think about anything else. And I, after we were, we experienced the earthquake in Haiti, that was one of the things that was most healing for me Mm -hmm. and um, continues to be a really important part of my self-care. Totally. For me, one of the most important things I can do for myself is to sing. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes when Scott and I were still living together, if you're new, my husband lives in Australia and I live in Canada. Not by choice. Not ideal, but we're making it work. Um, when we were living on the same continent and even in the same house, I'd come home from work some days and just be so grumpy. And I don't like being grumpy when my husband's around because he is the human equivalent of golden retriever. And it just seems mean (laughs) to be grumpy to such a sweet, wholesome human being. Um, And so we figured out that like, if I can spend like 10, 20 minutes, like in a room by myself singing, I will usually come out so much better. Hmm. Um, it is crazy how restorative it is for me. Well, and I think singing and painting are really similar. It's it's getting into that creative headspace. Yeah. And I think, and, and this is kind of a point I was going to make later on, but um, I think you could also see it as, like, acts of worship. We, we once mm-hmm. did an episode about, like, worship styles and nature is one of them Mm -hmm. one of the things that's really good for my heart and i am not an outdoorsy person i am a i am an indoor kevin um (laughs) but i last time i got a paddleboard and paddleboarding up in the mountains something about mountain lakes they are so still and so quiet and it is insular but nebulous and you feel so small, but you feel so, like, protected. Hmm. There's something so holy about that, to me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I agree. And, you know, part of my walking mm-hmm. as a, a way to care for my soul is just talking to God, often right out loud. Oh, yeah. And it's cool you can do that now without people thinking you're strange. because put an earbud in. Yeah, yeah, everybody's walking around talking to somebody they can't see. <laughs> What a time to be alive. Um, and I think I think some Christian culture, and obviously not all, has been conflated with this weird, toxic hustle culture. Mm-hmm. This belief that being busy is being good, being a good person. If, if you are... Yeah, if the church door is unlocked, you got to be you there. you got to be there. you got to be doing something. Um yeah, you and Dad, when you were growing up, you were you were there all the time. Yeah. Um, and and so this idea of being busy, I think, for some of us as Christians, and I mean speaking for myself as a millennial, there's this guilt of not being busy. Um, because I just finished this musical I was in, I took a couple of days off because I was like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, um, the first day, I just mostly slept. 
on and off all the, the whole day. And I was like, I'm going to allow myself this. The next day, I spent most of the day feeling guilty that I wasn't doing something productive. That wasn't the point of the day. Right. And so I think socially, we've conditioned ourselves to think busy, good, busy, productive, productive, valuable, important, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but there is evidence all over the Bible that taking time... And sometimes that means being busy with something that fills your cup. But sometimes that means just resting. Yep. Just taking time, space. Time to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. Those are important things we can do for ourselves. Well, and what's interesting, so, you know, faith may not be part of your story. And for what, sure. What the Bible says might not matter you that much care. to you. may not care, yeah. Um, but what's fascinating is that the Bible almost always aligns with what is being learned in terms of neuroscience uh-huh. and yeah, there's so many examples of that. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Hey, if you're not a, a, a religious person, if you, if you aren't one for faith, um, but you're into the idea of the way things, ancient ancestors did things. This is pretty ancient text. <laughs> yeah, so <true>. also, <laughs> also a thought that I think is worth discussing. Um, so I have a few points that I kind of just want to go over about what the Bible says about self-care. Mm-hmm. And the very first one we're talking about rest um, is like, let's talk about the Sabbath. So, um, God, one of the Ten Commandments one is the, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath yeah. and keep it holy. Um, by the way, holy means distinct. It means different. Is it? Does dif- it? Different from everything else. Interesting. So God is holy. God is unlike any other being, right? Yeah. So, the idea, people think of the Sabbath as Sunday. It was probably actually Saturday. Um, Friday night Sunday to Saturday night yeah. Sunday. And in Jewish law at the time, you could not work. Like, it was illegal to work. No one in your house could work. No, yeah. Just, yeah. So you just, prepared all your food the day before. Yeah, and, just yeah. relax. I know people that, like, um, they won't even go to the mall on Sunday because mm. that is the Sabbath. I like going to the mall. <laughs> that is restorative to me. Mm-hmm. But for them, that's a no-go because that's the Sabbath. And the reason the Sabbath exists, well, not the reason, but the Sabbath is based on when God created everything. Mm-hmm. He took six quote-unquote days, and there's several theories as to whether they were 24-hour periods or like cosmic God days. <laughs> like ages. Yeah, like centuries and millennia and whatever. Um, But the seventh day he rested. God does not require rest. It says in the Bible, my father never sleeps. Mm -hmm. Um, He does not need rest. That is there as an example for us to follow. God wants us to rest. God has created us with a need to rest and reflect and stop doing things well and it's interesting that the re- research from the business world confirms mm-hmm. that we are actually more productive when we take yeah. off two days a week and i think it's two weeks of vacation a year that's the ultimate product pro- productivity mm-hmm. more time than that yeah. taking more time than that doesn't make you more productive but taking less time than that makes you, you less, less productive. productive yeah and and so it it's it's in our dna we were not created to go 100% of the time. And if what you're doing on the weekend or in your nothing time fills your cup, awesome. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, it's time 
to start looking at priorities and shifting some things around. My sister loves being busy. Yep. She's a psycho. And I love her, <laughs> but she never stops doing things. And that makes her happy. Great. If I have plans two evenings, two weeknight evenings of the week, that is a busy week for me. And I need several evenings to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you can recognize that your threshold mm-hmm. is different from everyone else's. But we were made to need rest. In fact, we hear about Jesus sleeping at least one time in the Bible and it was a weird time to sleep. <laughs> he was in a boat and a lot of weird stuff was happening. Well, in in a horrific storm. Yeah. But just imagine how exhausted he must have been to have called well, out and or how important it is. Nothing Jesus nothing included about what Jesus does in the Bible is an accident. Right. Everything he does is a template. Rest. When things get crazy, take some time mm-hmm. and sleep. Mm-hmm. Everything about Jesus' life is an example for us. Jesus slept in the middle of a storm in a boat. Mm-hmm. When, like on the bottom of a boat. Too. Yeah, yeah, on talking. the floor. <laughs> yeah, like there wasn't a cabin, I don't think. I know. Um, I've been in a boat, a, a first century fishing boat. In, oh, interesting. On the Sea of Galilee, yeah. So I think rest and sleep are so important. And I could go into a whole episode about the neuroscience of sleep. But we are wired to reflect and be still. Mm-hmm. And and God uses what goes on in our brains mm-hmm. as we sleep to help us process yeah. what's going on in our lives. We literally just mm-hmm. talked about that last episode. Mm-hmm. We talked about dreams and we talked about how God speaks to us in moments of stillness. Mm-hmm. So we need to seek out those moments of stillness. Another thing is to honor your feelings. Your feelings are 100% yours, and you are always allowed to feel them. There is also no such thing necessarily as a negative emotion. And and that gets a little dicey. Like, jealousy generally isn't helpful. No. But feelings generally aren't inherently negative. It's what we choose to do with them. Mm -hmm. If I'm feeling jealousy, that is an indicator to me that I have some insecurity that I need to deal with. Right. That is a good thing. Yeah. It's just like a warning light, really. Yeah. Jesus Jesus wept. It's, it's a whole verse mm-hmm. in the Bible. Yeah. It says Jesus wept. Jesus mourned. Jesus got angry. He overturned a table. He cursed a tree. We also have an episode on that about the times Jesus got angry. Again, nothing Jesus... Nothing included about Jesus in the Bible is an accident. Most of the the, the biggest thing that made Jesus angry was hypocrisy. Wow, that was really hard. I was trying to say hypocrisy. So people who claimed to represent God, who were not doing it authentically. Yeah. And Jesus either used anger to to make a point Mm -hmm. or to spark change. And that is so important. You do not have to bury your anger, but do something productive with it. it. So you don't have to suppress those feelings. You can recognize them and just kind of watch them go by or decide you're going to make a plan of action. Don't be hasty. If you have road rage. Get out of the limbic brain first. Yeah, yeah. If you have road rage, let's breathe through that. (laughs) Um, Let's maybe not take action on that. But one of the favorite... um, 
I guess, mantras that I use. I have borderline personality disorder, so I, um, my brain gets very worked up very easily. And one of the things that I use a lot is the phrase, I don't have to respond to this feeling, it will pass. Mm. And that does not mean I'm saying I'm not feeling this or I shouldn't feel this. Mm-hmm. I am recognizing I feel this way and that is okay. And I don't have to do anything about it. Now, God may also use your feelings to move you. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't go away, it's time to pray on it and and spend some time in the word because God may be trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. But it's so important to honor your feelings. I, you know what? If um, If no one ever got angry... We'd probably still have slavery. Uh, you know, women wouldn't vote. Yeah, all those because it, it takes sometimes. Um, it's like apartheid it's like, would it's still like, be. And it's like Popeye would he'd get to the point. It's all I can stands. Mm-hmm. I can't stands no more. Yeah. And that's what spurs action. Yeah, you do not need to be zen and relaxed all the time. What we need to do is a figure out what our feelings are telling us. B, figure out what we should be doing with those feelings. Mm-hmm. And and God will carry us through that. And that leads me beautifully into my next point, which is pray honestly. Like, if you're the praying type, and let's be honest, everybody prays. They just don't call it praying. Mm-hmm. If you have lost something and you go, please let it be in my car, you're praying. I'm sorry, yeah. but you're praying. You're not, you don't necessarily know who or you're praying s- to. Or you see a stunning sunset and you're you go, like, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You're praying. Yeah. You're like, worshiping. We are built to have an ongoing dialogue with God. Mm-hmm. And knowing that we're doing that, let's be honest about it. Jesus was sent to earth for one purpose. I mean, there are side quests, but primarily Mm -hmm. to die for our sins. Mm -hmm. He knew that. And still, when it was about to happen, he begged God not to make him do this. He said, and I have, uh, I have the verse. It's Matthew 26, 39 in the new translation English. I think that stands for. Then going a little further on, he fell on his face and prayed, my father, he said, if it's possible, please, please let this cup go away from me. But not what I want, but what you want. Mm -hmm. So it was surrender. But boy, he knew what was coming and he didn't want to do it. He still asked. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're never going to surprise God with with what we're feeling. We're not going to be right. No. But we aren't are never going to surprise God. It is okay to bring anger to God. Mm-hmm. And I, Jesus was the perfect person. When I'm angry with God, I don't always get to the not my will be yours part. <laughs> but sometimes I do. And and God can handle it And God way. can handle it. He has the biggest possible shoulders. I think... A, honoring your feelings, and B, bringing those feelings to God. And you might as well just ask for what you actually want, whether you think he's going to give it to you or not. It's not like you can surprise him or No, he already knows. Yeah. yeah, he already knows. He already knows, and he knows everything about you. There's such peace in knowing that he knows the best and worst things you have ever done or ever will do. Mm-hmm. 
and he loves you and he just wants to hear from you. And our listeners might be thinking, okay, well, if he knows, then why do I have to pray? Why do I have to ask? And, and, and I think the reason is that he wants relationship yeah. with us. My husband knows I love him, mm-hmm. but I still tell him mm-hmm. every day. Frankly, I know his days are pretty much the same every day, but I'm still going to ask him mm-hmm. because that's part of having a relationship. Yeah. And and that's so what God wants with us. And if my husband does have a bad day, I can't. Well, God can. I can't necessarily help him with that, especially because he's in Australia. But I still want to hear it from him mm-hmm. because I love him and my heart breaks when his heart breaks and I rejoice when he rejoices. And that is exactly the relationship we have with God. The fact that we are constantly praying, whether we believe in a God or not. Oh, I really hope this is in my car. What a beautiful sunset. Any of those things. It shows me that we are wired for this. Mm-hmm. We are wired to be in constant communication with a loving creator. And there is such safety and peace with that. Mm. Um, I, I, It's not often that I struggle with words, but I really can't explain the peace that I've found in just bringing things to God and going, this is what I want, but ultimately... It's your circus. <laughs> you tell me. And I am your monkey. And I am the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> These are my monkeys because I am a monkey. So. And and just knowing that he only wants what's best for us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes getting to that best does not feel good. No. And it's not the route we would choose. No. But he will never act toward us except that it is an expression of perfect love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's... <laughs> It's like telling your child they can't have more candy before dinner time. Mm. All I want is the candy, but there's other things happening. Mm-hmm. I just can't see it. Yeah. So th- a little bit of a rabbit trail there, but basically pray honestly. Yeah. And pray, frankly. Yeah. Um, community is another important thing. We, one of the first things... God said about humanity is it is not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And that is from coming from someone, me in this case, who loves being alone. <laughs> we are not solo creatures. Introverted or extroverted, we need network. You've kind of learned a little bit about that in the last few weeks. I have, yeah. Um, having been part of a show, it's been so good for my heart. Um, having a supportive network of people who know you and love you no matter what's going on is crucial. Um, and I think it's especially important for any men that might be listening to find people that they feel they can talk to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not just like trauma dump, but have conversations and go back and forth. I think men have conditioned, have been conditioned to feel like they can't talk about their feelings. And that's why suicide rates are so much higher in men. Mm. We are designed to share the burden. It is not good for man to be alone. Right. So women, thankfully, we're socialized in a way where it is normal for us to talk Mm. about our feelings. Yes, we tend to be friend. Yeah, Yeah. and connect and develop deeper relationships. 
men are not and that is a tragedy mm-hmm. that is such a disservice mm-hmm. um, and I would just like to say um, you know if you are a person of faith if, mm-hmm. you, if you are a believer in Jesus you need other believers in Jesus in your mm-hmm. life you need to that it's a relationship that's meant to be shared yeah and we help each other grow as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another yeah that's a bible verse I don't know what the reference is but it's in my brain uh, yeah well that's I mean, a bible verse <laughs> look it up you'll find it not you I meant the listener but okay um and then finally as someone who is Profound Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, as someone who is, and and it's recently been brought to my attention that I talk about being mentally ill a lot on the podcast, and I'm I'm trying to change that. It's relevant in this case, so please bear with me. As someone who's pretty profoundly mentally ill, I don't know that I would still be here if I hadn't gotten medical intervention, mm. and that is not. Because I don't love Jesus enough. It's not because I didn't grow up in a Christian enough home. But there are forces that will use any foothold to bring us down. Yeah. Satan is an opportunist. Evil is opportunistic. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't don't believe believe in a personal uh, devil. Um, Evil is opportunist. And um, yeah, it's not that... He creates mental illness. Evil creates mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, But it will exploit it. Yeah. And I firmly believe that doctors and medication are a gift from God. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible says, James uh, one seventeen in the something English version... I wish I had written down what these actually mean. Um, (laughs) Every good and perfect gift comes from the father who created all the lights in the heavens. He is always the same and never makes dark shadows by changing. Hmm. Um, Redemption is his whole shtick. (laughs) Shtick. Wow. I would never have called God's work a shtick, but. But that's his thing. (laughs) That's his his thing. thing. That's his motif. That's his theme. That's his thesis statement yeah is is redemption so disease and we could talk about this for hours but bad bad quote-unquote bad things are a result of sin entering the world Mm -hmm. things that mitigate the pain and the suffering that comes from sin those are a gift from god Mm mm-hmm and doctors are one of those things, yeah. in and my opinion. Medication. And medication. And therapy. And if you and God and your doctor are all like, hey, you're good. You don't need to be on your meds anymore. Great. But part of looking after yourself is following doctor's advice. And if you're like, mm, I don't know if this doctor's the right person for me. Great. Let's pray on it. Yeah. And Feel free to look for another opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is. If you need to rely on a doctor to get help, um, even if it's just like you're you're having trouble with your eating habits, you're not eating enough or you're eating too much. It is okay to rely on medical help. 
I could go on about the topic of self-care and and being wired for self-care for ages, but we are running out of time, so I will wrap up. Before we go, I do just want to say, um, subscribe on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, or of course you can listen anytime using the MyJoy Radio app. Self-care is important. We were wired to find comfort and particularly to find comfort in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter, inviting you to grow on the go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.